You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and I will be your host. Today we're going to have a triple threat match between Ken, Jeff, and Matt. How's it going, guys? Hey, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Doing good. Yeah, we're good. All right, Uh, so I'm very excited today because today's episode is going to have a very special theme. Steven Spielberg. I don't think it's a secret. Oh, do you like him? Uh, Well, yeah, maybe the listeners don't know that, but uh, I don't think it's a secret that Spielberg's one of my favorite filmmakers. You guys have probably heard me talk about it on the show, or one of the other guys has made a joke at my expense about it. What I've done is crafted an entire game that revolves around Steven Spielberg and his films. I know Matt, Jeff, and Ken, and even some of you listening aren't super well-versed on him or his films, but I wrote questions and clues using him and his films with outcomes in a variety of normal categories. So it's basically a general knowledge trivia game with special tunnels to reach the answer utilizing Spielberg. So if you know him and his work, it can help you. But if you don't, you should, you should still do fine with the other clues. Before I break down our rules, just wanted to remind everyone we're trying to get to 50 iTunes reviews, whether you are in the United States or in another country, any of your reviews will count, and they will be helpful to us. Once we do hit 50, we are going to randomly select 10 people to receive some sort of triviality prize that will be determined at a later date. Before we start, let me break down the rules. The game is simple. 20 questions in a variety of topics, worth 10 points apiece, and split into two rounds. At halftime, there will be a special swing round designed by me, where players can rack up some extra points. At the end of regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they have accumulated and will have the chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. All right, guys. Comb those Spielberg beards. It's time for question one. Steven Spielberg grew up in the suburbs of this southwestern capital city whose name is shared with a cast member from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The actor in question tragically died young in 1993 from an overdose at a club owned by Johnny Depp. Okay. And you're looking for the city, right? Looking for the city only. Gotcha. I think we're... we're, I'm good here, at least. There's a lot of words to that question, but I think I got to the end of it. Yeah, it it breaks down pretty easily, for Mm -hmm. me at least. You guys? Mm -hmm. I got it. Same. Okay. Okay, so as you can see, it kind of broke down into a geography question. Yeah. I went to Phoenix for River Phoenix. Okay, Matt? I put Phoenix for Southwest Capital. Okay, and Jeff? So I went Phoenix. Hmm. Correct. It is Phoenix uh, for River Phoenix. There's actually a great quote, if you look it up, uh, about Spielberg and George Lucas's working relationship, where he says if George usually complains enough, he'll just go with his idea, even if he doesn't like it. And Spielberg did not like the idea for interdimensional beings in Crystal Skull, but he went with it anyway, and we saw the result. So that's why George Lucas uh, isn't in charge of the new one. Okay, (laughs) next question. In 1964... This comedian was convicted on the charge of obscenity, but in 2003 received the first posthumous pardon in New York State history. Little Spielberg clue, his last name is the same name that the crew called the mechanical shark on Jaws, named after Spielberg's lawyer. So he's a comedian, and he was convicted of obscenity in 1964. So that should be the time period you should be thinking. Just trying to remember the... uh... 
the Jaws shark uh, name for the mm. puppet. I have someone in mind. I've heard the the Jaws trivia before, but it escapes me at the moment. I yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, I'll put a, I'll put the name down. Sure, I'll put in a wrong answer. Yeah. All right, so Matt was in first. Let's go with Matt. I had no idea, and I just put Stanley, and I don't even know what that is. Okay. So. All right, Stanley. All right, Ken. So despite um, you know having the heard the fact about the shark's name before i just couldn't it couldn't come to me i i i'm wrong but i said andy kaufman i just thought of a old comedian that's that's uh departed andy kaufman was my answer (laughs) okay so uh this comedian uh is known for kind of um pushing stand-up comedy to what it is now a lot of people say that louis ck wouldn't have existed without this comedian and it was lenny bruce Mm. oh yeah so question three I'm going to read the first line of a Spielberg film, and uh, it, it should be okay. You guys are going to have a little help here. No one would have believed in the early years of the 21st century that our world was being watched by intelligences greater than our own. Don't be glib. We aren't at the Church of Scientology. That's just the first lines of this Spielberg film. Okay. And the second part is actually just a clue that I think Ken picked up on. I'm, I'm good. Do you like this one, Neil? I do, yeah. Mm. A lot of people give uh, give crap for the ending. It's how the book ends, but ev- everyone's in right now. So. Yeah, okay, I was like, geez. Everyone's in. War of the Worlds, right? That's mm-hmm. what we're doing? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I also said War of the Worlds. Oh, I should have gotten that. I put AI. I had AI, and then I when he said the Scientology bit... Uh, referring to Tom Cruise, who's mm-hmm. the star of War of the Worlds. Oh, World. yeah. That, that was the sense. clue there, because when yeah. he was on the press tour for War of the Worlds, he uh, told Matt Lauer, don't be glib. And that's kind of what uh, hurt the film a little bit on its release. Uh, so I actually met Tom Cruise uh, at the premiere for War of the Worlds. Name drop. In, I know. In London um, <laughs> when I was studying there. And this real quick story. Um, I took out 300 pounds, and I had it in a wad. I tried bribing all of the security guards around the movie premiere an hour before it started. Uh, so my, my whole goal was to see Spielberg. I didn't want to see, I mean, I like Tom Cruise, one of my, my favorite actors, but I wanted to see Spielberg. He spent about three and a half hours signing everyone's autograph. He came up, I held out the wad of money and I said, Tom, I want to buy you and Katie dinner tonight, uh, to celebrate your engagement. And he stopped and he talked to me for five minutes straight, looked me in the eye the entire time, went on his way, came back again, talked to me about Spielberg, left, came back one more time and said, Thank you so much. I'm so sorry we can't have you buy me dinner, but I really appreciate the offer and good luck with your filmmaking career. You just and then pocketed he pocketed the money. <laughs> and I just pocketed the money and then spent it on something else. But I did end up meeting Spielberg at uh, the Chicago International Film Festival's Career Achievement Award. My parents bought me tickets and uh, I went up to his table and then a huge line formed and he spent all night, didn't eat dinner or dessert, um, talking to people, signing autographs. He talked to me for like five minutes. It was great. All right. Next question. Number four. The film Munich recounts the aftermath of the notorious kidnap and murder of 11 Israeli athletes at the 1972 Olympic Games in Munich, the same summer games that saw this famous distance runner, who trained under the co-founder of Nike, participate in his only Olympics before his untimely death a few years later. I'm looking for an American distance runner. This is out of my wheelhouse, and uh, I'm going to bow out. Okay, Ken is out. This is one of my favorite uh, runners, if you can have one. When I was in track trying to control my asthma, I used to run with this guy's style, and he was always get out, get ahead first and stay in first, not uh, come from behind. So he was, a, he was a leader of the pack. Great mustache, too. I've got, a, I've got an answer. There, I think there was a movie recently about either the four-minute mile or something around there, and this had come up, but I can't think of anybody, so I got nothing. Okay, so Matt's out. Uh, Ken? I'm out. Okay, Ken, or, uh, Jeff? I put Phil Knight, even though I know it's wrong. The runner had two movies uh, based on his life. One, uh, uh, he was portrayed by Billy Crudup, and the other mm. one, he was portrayed by Jared Leto. It's Steve Prefontaine. Mm. I feel like I know what the guy looks like now that you've told me that both uh, Billy Crudup and Jared yeah. Leto were cast. In, yeah, they, in look, they both look just like him. And he famously went to, uh, he was at, at Oregon. Uh, no listener submitted questions today, so make sure you guys do send those in to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. This question and round two's question is coming from a Twitter account that I absolutely love. It uh, reminds me of when I worked at Blockbuster, and people would come up and ask things like, do you have that movie where Alien and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids destroy New York? And that would be Ghostbusters. 
Uh, so make sure to give them a follow. It's at that movie where. But uh, this one I made up myself, and uh, hopefully you guys can get it. Here's your clue. Do you have that movie where Dazed and Confused teams up with God in Hannibal Lecter's courtroom? The Hannibal Lecter's courtroom is throwing me off. Oh, wait. There it yeah. is. <laughs> when, you, when, it, when you hit it, you're like, oh. That I makes got it. Sense. Okay. I'm going to tap out. You're going to tap out? All right. So let's start with uh, Matt first. You want the truth? No? It's a few good men. Is that what it is? And it's wrong. So, no, I'm sorry, that is not it. No, I knew it wasn't. That, that is a Rob Reiner film written by Aaron Sorkin. Mm. So this is this is one of the ones I should have seen, but had haven't seen. Like I, I think I started it once, like late at night, and I kind of dozed off a little bit. I was like, oh, I'll come back to it later. I never did, but I think it's Amistad. Mm. It is Amistad. That's right. So it's Matthew McConaughey who was dazed confused. Uh, a person who helped him in the courtroom was Morgan Freeman, who was a freed slave who helped with the case and uh um excuse me anthony hopkins played john quincy adams and he was the judge presiding over the court i mean I, I was able to place all the actors you named but i just i've never seen amistad so i couldn't place the film yeah i always forget mcconaughey's in i know like morgan freeman was the first thing when god that jumped out at me that was the one that was I it got first yeah yeah yeah, that's because he's the voice of God. Mm-hmm. I was going to put Jaiman Hansu in there for his role Bruce in Gladiator, Almighty. but I, I, I think know. if I would have said Gladiator, you would have thought of Russell Crowe. Mm. Uh, Matt will get this next one, though. A lot of pressure. <laughs> looky, looky. This pop-punk band based in Rancho Cucamonga, California, based their name on a character that young actor Dante Bosco portrayed in 1991's Hook. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I listened to it on the way here. You listen to this band on the way here? Sure did. Very nice. I have one song on my playlist that pops up all the time. Now, have you seen Hook, Jeff? Oh, a long time ago. Matt wrote it after Looky Looky, this punk band, (laughs) and he wrote it. Uh, I have no idea. All right, so Jeff is tapping out. Uh, Let's go with Matt since he was in right away. Uh, Rufio. I also had Rufio. Rufio. Looky Looky. Oh, very nice. I got Hooky. Never heard of him. Is it I Got Hooky or I I See Hooky? uh, Looky Looky, looky, I I Got got Hooky. I Got Hooky. All right, next question, Uh, question seven. After experiencing a close encounter with a UFO, Roy Neary, played by Richard Dreyfuss, begins to make mashed potato models of this mountainous United States National Monument found in Wyoming. National Monument. I'm in. All right, Ken is in. I don't know any parks in Wyoming, so I am out. Okay, all right, let's (laughs) go with Ken first. So I was... Certainly thinking about Mount Rushmore, but I don't. I thought that was not in Wyoming. That's in the Black you, Hills you, of South, you, Dakota. South Dakota. I kind of missed the fact that you said mountainous, and I just kind of also just kind of had to put something, so I put Old Faithful. Okay. So originally I put Arches uh, National Park, which is in Utah, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know that there is a super volcano in Wyoming, but I couldn't remember the name, so I too went uh, Old Faithful. So if you've seen the film, it's one of the most famous shots. It is of Devil's Tower. Mm. All right, next question. Hopefully you guys will get this one. I think it's kind of a fun one, but it, it might be a little too hard for you. We'll see. In Hollywood, contractual obligations can sometimes prevent actors and actresses from starring in films that could make them a star. You wouldn't have to be a PI or drive a Ferrari to know that this actor with a famous upper lip was supposed to be Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I know the references. I've got an actor put down, but I'm not even 100% sure I'm right. But that's <laughs> that's what the references are there for. So hopefully that... I mean, I know exactly well. who it is, but I am i can't per se for certain if the name matches the, who I'm thinking of. So uh, See, this is, this is upsetting because I used to know this one too. This is something that I'm sure I've heard Neil say before, giving his Spielberg facts at every possible juncture. <laughs> Wouldn't have to be a PI or... I'm going to tap on this mm. one. Just uh, You're going to tap? Yeah, unfortunately. I'm basing it purely on famous upper lip, and I'm going with the person attached to the mustache of Tom Selleck. Okay. Jeff? I think Tom Selleck is who I was thinking of. I put Burt Reynolds, but I'm pretty sure you're right uh, with Tom Selleck. The answer, the answer is Tom Selleck. Tom yeah. Selleck. Wow. Because yeah. he was Magnum, Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. I, I knew exactly who it was, but I, the name wasn't coming to me. And a lot of people call that Ferrari, that uh, GTS that he drove, the Magnum P.I. Ferrari. Right. So gotcha. I was going to add in, you, you wouldn't also have to be from Detroit, because he is from Detroit. He wore a Detroit cap when he was Magnum P.I. I'm telling you, I'm going 
purely on mustache there and no i knew i knew so. i knew exactly what it was i could see tom Selleck in my head but the name wasn't coming to me so see, i was not thinking of mustaches i was thinking of more like uh like mm-hmm. a snarl snarling sort of lip oh, okay. like uh like stallone like or something i knew it wasn't stallone but i was trying to think of something else somebody else well, at least like you got that. the mustache mustache hint. i didn't mm-hmm. want to i knew it was magnum pi i mean it was so yeah it was like right there okay question nine you'll find this confectionery country duo's name in the title of Spielberg's first theatrically released feature film starring Goldie Hawn. You said sweet? I said the confectionery country duo's name. Mm, okay. Mm. Country music, not my strong point. All right, I'm tapping. Ken is tapping. Now I know what it's like to play one of my games. <laughs> uh, so Ken tapped, Matt is in? Uh, yeah, with my Brooks and Dunn wrong Okay. Answer. Oh, sorry, Brooks and Dunn. Okay, so Brooks and Dunn. And, and I went Captain and Tennille. Captain and Tennille. Okay, so... <laughs> so I'm figuring it has like sugar candy or something in the title. Ken was on like the right that. track. The answer is Sugarland. Oh. And uh, the, the film is The Sugarland Express. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't have gotten there. Last question, uh, first round. Real person, Mehran Karimi Nasseri, an Iranian refugee, became fictional Victor Navorsky of Krakocha in this film loosely based on his experiences. Not sure if he liked Burger King as much as his counterpart. So it's a Spielberg film loosely based on the life of Mehran Karimi Nasiri. So you would like um, the film? I just need the title of the film, yep. Okay. I got it. Okay, Ken is in. That Burger King thing doesn't do anything for me. No? Okay. No. Nothing for me either. I don't know anybody that likes Burger King anywhere at any time. I mean, I'm going to tap out because I'm not going to come with that. They certainly don't have a Royale with cheese. I know. That's all. I was like, Pulp Fiction. (laughs) I hope people out there are having fun, even though we're doing a lot of tapping here. (laughs) I had fun writing this one. I've got no idea. I'm actually having a a great time with this game. Oh, good. Okay. I've had to tap on several of them, but I think the questions are really Uh, engaging and and fun to try to answer. Thank you, almost. Thank you, Ken. Out of every question, somebody got one right. Almost there's only been a couple where we haven't, so... All right, so Jeff tapped and yep. Matt tapped. Oh, yeah. All right, before I let Ken answer, um, I was just going to say, I, I don't know if Tom Hanks uh, would have helped you guys. Uh, Ken, what did you put? I went with the terminal. The terminal is correct. Mm. So Moran Karimi Nasiri was the Iranian refugee who lived in the airport. Uh, if you remember that film, The Terminal with Tom Hanks. Never saw it. Uh, and there's like a scene where he kind of goes crazy for Burger King and, and he uh, wants a <laughs> Whopper and uh, eats there all the time. All right, so after the first round, uh, looks like we have Ken at 50 points, Matt not far behind at 40 points, and Jeff uh, coming up the rear with 10 points. Um, so don't worry, uh, Jeff, I think you'll have some opportunities to come back. So for our mid-round, uh, we're going to be doing a sound round. And what we're going to do here is I'm going to give you 10 Spielberg films, and I'm going to play 10 different pieces of music that john williams his longtime this composer is, this is gonna be really hard his longtime composer uh made for the films and all you have to do is just match those films to the pieces of music that i play now i think this is gonna be kind of easy because uh, john williams music is very famous but it might not be so here are the names that i want you guys to write down hook saving private ryan jaws et jurassic park there it is <laughs> we'll get one Close Encounters of the Third Kind Catch Me If You Can I'll get that one Amistad Schindler's List and last one Raiders of the Lost Ark the way I designed this some of these you might not know but I'm hoping through the process of elimination that you do get there so we're just matching a number in order with whatever we've already written down for names right so we'll, yeah so the first one will be number one you can match it with the title of the film alright everyone ready mm-hmm. here yep. we go here's number one Okay, number two. 
All right, number three. That's all you're going to get on that one? Jeez. <laughs> that one, because that's, the, that's the bank, basically the big part of that one. And here comes number four. Now, this one is not a traditional uh, theme composition, but I think you should be able to figure out what it's from. Number five. Number six. that on the first note got it number seven all right number eight Number nine. This next one's one of the best themes of all time, in my opinion. And our final... Pick number 10. All of the sound clips, and uh, as you know, they're all from maestro John Williams, who's worked uh, on every Spielberg feature film except two. Uh, one was Color Purple. The other one was Bridge of Spies recently when he uh, had an illness. So, uh, and, uh, num- Mark Rylance is fantastic in that movie. Mark Rylance is one of it. our best actors. He's great. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. 
This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Um, okay, so number one, you heard that one. It was sort of a march, if you will. Uh, what did you guys say, Ken? With uh, Raiders. Mm-hmm. Okay, Matt? Also Raiders. Jeff? Raiders. All right, that is correct. So 10 points to each of you. I'm giving you guys a little plusser today. We're going to 10, not 5. This is going to be a lot of points. You've got to make I, the final round interesting. I know at least seven or eight of them are right. I knew you so. guys would know a lot of these, but I wanted to make you have fun and, and uh, relive the music of John Williams. <laughs> make you have fun. <laughs> make you have fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, question two. Uh, let's go with Jeff this time. What did you say? Ooh, this one I didn't know, but I put Amistad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Matt? I had originally put Schindler's List, and then when I got to Schindler's List, I switched it with <laughs> Amistad. I put Amistad. All right, Ken. Yeah, I set number two aside until I could eliminate some of the others as well, and I ended up with Amistad. Ah. Amistad is correct. So once you guys heard that choir, that's kind of a giveaway <laughs> for that one. Number three. Uh, let's start with Matt. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it's Close Encounters. Okay, Ken? Yeah, same thing. Jeff? Uh, I've not seen this one. Um, I eliminated all the way down to Hook, so I had it backwards. All right. So unfortunately, it's not Hook. It is the way that the aliens communicate in Close Encounters. Yeah, I think um, I have not seen that one. I think I do recall um, seeing something of that scene at one point or another. So that's kind of where I gathered it. I did not recall it from Hook, which I felt was the only other option on that one. That's the right. sound the spaceships make when they land. Or... I flipped them out of backwards. Everything else I yeah. was confident yeah, about. Yeah, so, so. The, the Americans and uh, the world, uh, for that matter, are making uh, use of tones to communicate with the aliens. And there's the funny scene where you hear that dun 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 dun, then the alien ship repeats it, but when it has a huge bass at the end, it breaks all the glass on the entire uh, airfield. Okay, uh, number four. Let's go with Ken. That one I went with Hook. Okay, Matt? It's Hook. Jeff. I had the opposite close encounters. All right. So it was Hook. And the reason I put that one in there is John Williams got something, got a chance to do something that he normally doesn't, which is write a uh, vocal piece of music, which was sort of Spielberg's ode to his love of musicals to put a little musical number in there and Hook. And that was the Lost Boys singing, right? Is that? Uh, that was Peter's uh, younger sister mm-hmm. who singing and she was talking about being alone and wanting to go home. Gotcha. Number five. Uh, let's go with Matt. Saving Private Ryan. Okay, Ken? Yep, I had the same thing. Jeff. Without a doubt, Saving Private Ryan. That is correct. Got those nice horns uh, on your way to war. Number six, one of my favorite John Williams scores. Let's start with Jeff. I had this one immediately. Uh, the saxophone solo from Catch Me If You Can mm-hmm. is one of my absolute favorites. So catch me if you can. All right, Matt. Catch me outside if you can. Oh, boo. How about nope. that? Nope. I had the same. All right, very good. Matt forfeits all points. <laughs> uh, if anyone got number seven wrong, I would uh, feel terribly for you. But uh, what, let's all at the same time, what did everyone say? Jaws. Jaws. All right. Of course, as Jeff said, you guys didn't hear it, but he said, uh, can you make a song out of two notes? And of course you can if you're John Williams. Number eight. Uh, start with Ken. Number eight. I had Schindler's List as I had uh, freq- uh, recently watched it. All right. And Matt? Schindler's List. And Jeff? Schindler's List. Yep, wonderful uh, violin work by Isaac Perlman there. Beautiful yeah. score, kind of makes you cry, and uh, as it should. I mean, it's a haunting theme uh, for a very important movie. He turned that in for a, uh, his final, didn't he? Uh, yes, that's correct. So Sp- Steven Spielberg went to uh, Cal State Long Beach, uh, and he had to drop out, or he did drop out when he was younger, and he wanted to finish de- his degree, and there was one course that he needed to complete, which was sort of like a, an intro to cinema course. And instead of doing the final, he said, I just did this uh, movie, Schindler's List, for my final directing project. And the guy obviously gave him an A and let him pass. So. <laughs> he, got, he got a B minus. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a funny article about the teacher the, the, who wrote. The teacher uh, said, quote, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter that he won an Oscar for Best Director and Best Picture. but And he took no pay for that, right? He like absolutely refused yeah, it's it was it was a crazy movie for him. And what's pretty cool about it is he was actually doing Schindler's List while he was cutting dailies for Jurassic Park. So kind of think about that mindset when you're working on a movie about the Holocaust and you're also cutting a movie about dinosaurs. Our uh, number nine, I said, was probably one of my favorite themes of all time. It's very pretty. Uh, let's start with Jeff. E.T. 
E.T. is correct, Matt. E.T. Yep. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces, that's correct. It originally was M&M's, but they uh, did not want their candy in the movie. Fools. Huge mistake. Uh, so our last one, I believe everyone, uh, just by virtue of uh, process of elimination, is going to get correct. And it yeah. is Jurassic Park. Yes, indeed. After that swing round, oh, Ken right. was perfect, and he he gets 100 points. Matt was perfect. Matt An- perfect. Another 100 points. <laughs> Jeff uh, just mixed up uh, two movies there, but he's going to get a strong 80 points. So uh, let's see here. Going into the second round, Jeff is going to be at 90. Matt is going to be at 140. And Ken is going to be at 150. This is a barn burner, folks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'm getting I'm getting real uh, excited here about all these Spielberg questions. That's, I'm, I'm a little hot and bothered. Okay, to start the second round, uh, this first question I'm calling a beginning, middle, and end. I'm going to give you three clues, and all of those clues are going to add up into a four-word final answer. All right, here we go. So the first clue, the great emancipator. Second clue, luxury car. Third clue, naturally occurring boundary or ridge separating river systems. What, what sort of answer do you, yeah, are you asking? You, yeah, so uh, it's almost, it's basically like a before and after. So if you said uh, uh, 2007 film with Tommy Lee Jones by the Coen brothers and Will Smith, summer blockbuster would be No Country for Old Men in Black. Oh, okay. So it's basically a before and after, but there's three clues there. First one is a, is a name, The Great Emancipator. That's his nickname. Mm-hmm. The second one is a luxury car that will uh, connect with the last name of the first person. And the third science clue uh, is going to connect with the uh, luxury car word. Okay, so Jeff and Matt are in. You'll, as soon as you hear it, it'll, I mean, you should be able to get it. So right. I, I have the first part of this and obviously gave us the clue on the last part, but I don't know a lot of models of Lincoln cars, so... Uh, I'm kind of kind of stuck here. So. That was actually my stronger of the. Well, That's why I knew some people would be car people. I knew some would be science people, and some would be um, Lincoln. No, I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know Lincoln Navigator, and that's about it. All right, Ken is out. Uh, let's go with uh, Jeff, who seemed to kind of figure it out uh, once he thought about it a little bit. So um, I think it's the Abraham Lincoln Continental Divide. Oh. All right, Matt. I had Abraham Lincoln Continental Divide. That is it. That is correct. Abraham Lincoln Continental Divide. Uh, so yeah, the Continental Divide is the naturally occurring boundary or ridge separating river systems, and then the con- Lincoln Continental is the car. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, this one I think you guys are going to get, uh, I would hope. In 1979, Spielberg made 1941, a period comedy film revolving around hysterical Californians preparing for an attack days after Pearl Harbor. The two leads in that film invited their director to cameo as a Cook County assessor's office clerk in their quintessential Chicago movie based on an SNL sketch where they are on a mission from God. Mm. Who might those actors be and what's the movie called? So I have two answers here. Two actors and a movie title. Okay, I'm good. All right, let's start with Ken. He was the first in. I'm in. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Hold on. Right, oh, wait. Oh, let's wait for Matt. I just want to write. Okay. You just want to write them all down? <laughs> okay, so this is uh, Blues Brothers with uh, Aykroyd and Belushi. That is correct. Uh, Matt? Which Belushi, though? I had, well, I had Aykroyd and Belushi and Blues Brothers. Okay, yeah, which Belushi is it? Uh, John. Yes, okay. Yeah. And Jeff? Belushi, Aykroyd, and which, the Blues Brothers. Which Aykroyd? Dan. Dan Aykroyd or, Dan? or his brother Ricky Aykroyd? Rick, yeah, old Ricky Aykroyd. <laughs> Just making things Phil? up. Phil? Phil Connors? Sorry, that's a Groundhog Day reference, but I, I don't know why I thought of that. Stephen Tobolowsky. Well, speaking of Belushi, who we just talked about, John Belushi, he was actually in a small film Spielberg executive produced called Continental Divide, which is kind of oh, a there you go. nice little tidbit. All right, uh, question three. You might hear Dr. Ian Malcolm saying that life uh, finds a way. But for the dinosaurs, life existed during the Mesozoic era. Mm-hmm where Earth's land masses changed dramatically. New seas were formed and plants and animals evolved. This era consisted of three periods in the geological timescale called the Era of the Dinosaurs. What are these periods called? And for five bonus points, in what order did they exist? So I want the three periods uh, known as the Era of the Dinosaurs. And for five extra bonus points, you can put them in order as they happened. I've got two. 
in the right order. But I, the reason I wrote this question is, is I've seen this come up in various uh, I got it. various trivia nights, and I never remember what the periods are called, and I, I wanted to figure that out. So I think I've got them all. Okay. Are you going to try to do them in order for the po- the points? Sure. Okay. I am going to not guess. All right. So Matt is going to tap. I have guesses, and I put them roughly in in order. Okay. All right. So let's start with Ken. I don't believe these are correct, but I wrote things three things that I believe are periods, but I don't know if they're all within Mesozoic. Okay. Um, so I went with Cretaceous, okay, Jurassic, and Triassic. Great job. That is correct. They are not in the correct order, but you do get the 10 points. So very good. Uh, Matt tapped, and Jeff, let's hear what you got. So not the order I wrote them in, but I'm pretty sure it goes uh, Cretaceous, Triassic, Jurassic. Okay. Uh, also 10 points for that, but the correct order is the Triassic period, Cretaceous, Jurassic Tri- period, really? Cretaceous, Cretaceous period. Hmm. Yeah. I, I assumed Triassic was third due to the... Uh, Yes, yeah, so you have the Triassic period, which is about the early beginnings. Jurassic is sort of the uh, the era when dinosaurs roamed and were the strongest. And then Cretaceous is where a lot of them were turning into alligators and, uh, and other uh, small plants when they were evolving. Yeah. In the film, Catch Me If You Can, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Frank Abagnale Jr., uses two aliases. The first alias is the alter ego of DC's The Flash. And the second alias can be found by taking the first name of a vengeful Marvel antihero and surrounding it by the academic title and last name of Spider-Man's reptilian foe. I'm looking for both aliases there. So the first one, to be clear, is the alter ego of DC's The Flash. And if you're going to be a naysayer and and, uh, anal about it, it was technically the second Flash, but I don't think anyone's going to call me on that. And uh, the second one, the first name, is going to be the first name of a vengeful Marvel antihero. And then I'm going to need the academic title and last name of Spider-Man's reptilian foe. Well, I've got one. Yeah. I'm looking at one. I'm, I think I might be able to come by the other in a moment here. You got the first one? Mm-hmm. All right. I can help you guys with the second if you need it. I know it's a little wordy, but it it, it makes sense once you see the clues in there. The Flash. <laughs> that I got. I got. The I'm, Flash is not my strong That one's strong suit. super easy. If you know The Flash, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, Steve. Steve. No. It's a really, like, simple name. Mm-hmm. It's like really uh, white bread. No, no help on this one. Uh, let's start with Jeff. So the Flash is Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. The other one I couldn't come up with. All right. I'm going to give you guys five points for each name then. Oh, All right. okay. Okay. Cool. So you get five points for Barry Allen. All right, Matt. So I have Barry Allen as the Flash. And then I was thinking the Marvel antihero was the Punisher. And then I couldn't get... I couldn't put that together, so that's all I have is Barry Allen. Okay, five points for Matt and Ken. Okay, I could not remember Barry Allen, obviously, due to you know what I said previously. I think I broke down the other answer, though. So uh, the Punisher's Frank first Castle. name was Frank Castle. Oh, it was Frank Castle. <laughs> um, Professor Connors is the lizard, so I would say it's Professor Frank Connors. So uh, I'm actually looking for Dr. Connors. You did get Frank Connors, and I know the academic title, and we were... I'm going to give you that. Thank you. Yeah, five points for that. Five points. You got the name. Yeah, you got the name Frank Connors. You got the hard part. Yeah, the hard part was Punisher's first name. Thanks. Next question. Uh, It is question five. Our listener submitted a question. Like I said, today's are going to be that movie where, and this is another one that I came up with. Do you have that movie where Dr. Watson takes time away from having sex to help I see dead people in the future? Okay. I'm good. Ken is in. That's a good one. I like Thank it. you. It's a Spielberg film. Mm-hmm. You yep. can't get it just based on I see dead people. Oh yeah. Just help Jeff out. Whoops. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I mean, it, it was something that was right there. I mean, I knew. Yeah. I, I knew who it was, and as soon as I realized yeah, I who don't it think was, I know. So okay, I have an answer, but yeah. All for right. the record, this Blu-ray is sitting on my shelf at home, still unwatched. Oh, you still have that? Borrowed from Ken. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't even think this is a Spielberg movie, but when you said I see dead people, I went right to Bruce Willis, and I was thinking uh, something about the future, so I said Looper, and that's probably wrong. Okay. But. No, I, that's interesting you got uh, Bruce Willis on that one. Uh, let's go with uh, Jeff. I provided this as an answer earlier, uh, which was wrong then, and I'm hoping it's not wrong now. I put AI. All right, Ken. AI indeed. 
AI is correct. I see dead people is Haley Joel Osment, and Dr. Watson is Jude Law. He plays a robot gigolo named Gigolo Joe. Gigolo Joe. Next question, number six. In the film Minority Report, three precogs, or precognitives, lie in a photon milk bath, possessing a psychic ability to see events in the future, primarily premeditated murders. Their names are based on what three mystery writers' first names, and I'm going to give you three of their uh, seminal works. And then there were none, the Hounds of Baskerville, and the Maltese Falcon. I'm looking for first names. Just the first names? Yep, just the first names. Okay. And if you guys don't think you can get all three, I can break it down to can five I get, points. Can I name. get those works again? Yep. I'll give them more points. The first name is And Then There Were None. The second work, The Hounds of Baskerville. And the third, The Maltese Falcon. Okay. First names. I really like Minority Report. I love Minority Report. I'm so big, I know, I know two time. of these for certain, and the third one is escaping me. The third one is the hardest, for sure. Yeah, the Maltese Falcon one. Mm-hmm. That's that's escaping me. I I knew the the first two without the without the work, so I was hoping that the work on the third one was going to help me. But yeah. that was the one I didn't know, anyways. All right, uh, let's start with Jeff. Uh, I've got nothing. I can tell you that the Hounds of Baskerville is a Sherlock Holmes book, but I couldn't remember who wrote Sherlock Holmes for okay. some reason. Matt, I wrote I'm bad at books. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Sherlock Holmes and uh, Then There Were None are respectively Sir Arthur Conan Doyle That's and Agatha one. Christie. Those were the two Agatha I knew. The one Those are the two I knew with, yeah. without any help. Uh, Agatha was the main one, yes. played by Samantha Morton. Arthur was the twin. And the third one, who I can't remember, was kind of the, the odd one out. I just put Peter. Okay. Uh, so the answer, those were correct, and then there were none, is Agatha, Agatha Christie, and Hounds of Bas- Baskerville, uh, Arthur. Arthur the third one is Dash, short for Dashiell Hammett. Yeah. Mm. No, yeah. Yeah, Dashiell Hammett wrote that Maltese Falcon. Number seven. Who am I? I'm an angel that's been on 51st dates but has never been kissed, and Stephen arranged to be my legal guardian in case my parents died before adulthood. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, start with Jeff. E.T. Okay, Matt. Wait, you're looking for the actress, right? That's correct. Oh, Drew Barrymore. Ah. Okay, Matt. Yeah, just give it to I'll him. I'll give it to him. Hold All right. on. This... <laughs> I, I mean, he, he said it very confidently. <laughs> I thought we were talking about the Spielberg movie. Sorry. I think I would pay to see Adam Sandler and E.T. in a movie together, but I'm going to say <laughs> Drew Barrymore. <laughs> okay. Drew, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, that's pretty funny because so, E.T. has never been kissed and has, has been on 50 first dates. Uh, <laughs> should we give it to him? It's up to you guys. Just give it to yeah. him. He okay. just had a little malfunction there. That's all right. He knew, he knew we're at the... Short-circuited. Yeah. I, I forgot what you were asking. Number eight. Steven Spielberg produced Back to the Future, which saw Marty McFly traveling through time in a DeLorean. I'm going to pitch you a story for Back to the Future 4. The answer to this is going to be a Spielberg film, by the way. Back to the Future 4. So Marty travels back in time to 1804 to Weehawken, New Jersey. He shows both Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr what Spielberg TV movie to unsuccessfully ease the tension. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, Neil, this is stupid. <laughs> now that I figured out what you're getting at, this is a stupid, stupid question. Yeah, well, it's clever enough. I don't get what you're getting at, so um, I'm trying to think of this is this is TV a long movies. this is a long way around to get yeah. to this answer. The back door is a history question. Question. So think about Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton in Weehawken, New Jersey, in 1804. Yeah, I, I know the event. <laughs> I got that part. So Matt's in. Ken is in. The hint you gave. Um, Jeff was it's a very basic answer he, he went a long way around to describe it yeah but the answer itself is very base yeah yeah I mean base it's so 1804 is when lines. Hamilton Burr had their duel I don't know anything on the tip of your tongue Jeff no I'll just write duels I have no idea okay Matt that would ease the tension so I said I said unsuccessfully ease the tension oh I said stop or my mom will shoot <laughs> <laughs> Classic Sylvester Stallone Classic film. Classic Stallone film. Uh, Jeff, duels, duels, said, and Ken. I said the duel. Duel. The duel. I'll, I'll give it to I'll give it to Jeff. The answer is duel. It was a TV movie. Never okay. heard of it. Number nine. You might find Steven Spielberg and Peter Jackson bumming around the Musée Hergé in Belgium to celebrate the life and art of Georges Remy, and perhaps gaining inspiration for another installment in this famous series. If you don't know her gay, I mean, are you really even living? I ask myself every day. 
Matt's starting, the tour, Matt's starting the, 12 seconds ago when you heard the name for the uh, first time. Matt's yeah. the tour guide at the Musée Hergé. <laughs> yeah. He just walks up to people. I'm, I'm lost at this question, so I'm going to tap. Yeah. Okay. I'm Hergé all day, so. All right. Matt is, Matt is tapped as well? No, no, oh, no. Oh, you have I an have answer. answer? Oh, good. Okay. I, I'm gonna, I'm he gonna, always answers, but he answers yeah. funny. Yeah, this is a funny but I love when Jeff was like, well, they had a duel in the last question. I was like, uh, <laughs> the answer? Okay. Anything, Jeff? Yeah, I put in an answer. All right, let's start with Matt. Yeah, I just, you said it was a series of films and it was Spielberg, and I figured it might have something to do with treasure because it's art, so I said Indiana Jones. Okay. Uh, Jeff? I was hoping that they would they would do some more Lord of the Rings movies. I know they're your favorite, Neil. Uh, yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, so, um, installment in this famous series is sort of a twofer. It means uh, series of comics and art and also a series of films. Steven Spielberg and Peter Jackson uh, worked together on The Adventures of Tintin, which oh. were famously drawn by Hergé, Belgian yeah. artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, that's actually a great movie. It's really good, yeah. I really like that. I forgot that... Uh, I didn't realize they'd worked together. I forgot about them. its existence. I didn't know there was a series of them. Is there more than one? Or? There, him and Peter Jackson wanted to do three, and Jackson was supposed to come out with the second one, but he got busy with The Hobbit. Man, that, that movie looks great, too. Yeah, it does. It's, it's really... The, the animation's a little bizarre at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it kind of falls into that uncanny valley. Yeah, it looks just like but, uh, Hergé's art. It's supposed art. to be like the old, um, the cartoon series kind of has a similar kind of the, yeah. the movement of the characters and stuff. It's very kind of whimsical. It's cool how they make it, though. It's motion ca- uh, capture suits, and they have a giant warehouse, and the actors basically uh, free-for-all act, and um, they use the same technology they use for Avatar. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. All right, last question. I think you guys are going to get this one, I hope. Uh, be a nice way to end the, the game. For this question, I'm simply going to read a quote that Spielberg said about one of his movies, and I just want you to tell me the title. This is the first movie with a message I have ever attempted. It's a very simple message that something like this should never happen again, but it's one that's very close to my heart. That's good. Yeah, I got something. I put an answer. I'm hoping it's correct. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt. I said Amistad. Okay, Jeff. I put Schindler's List. I Matt. think this was a. Okay. I think this was a Schindler's List. That is Schindler's List. Yep. It was earlier than Amistad. Mm-hmm. It was earlier than Munich. That's kind of why. When first, you know, not that he didn't do other things with meaning, but I, that's why I figured Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. All right. So after 20 questions uh, all about Steven Spielberg or uh, around Steven Spielberg, we have reached the end of regulation. Here are the scores before we go into the final round. Make sure you notate this because this is what you can wager with. Ken, you have 215 points. Ooh. Matt, you have 175 points. And Jeff, you have 165 points. I'm going to announce the final five categories, and each player can wager 0 to 30 points on each question using only the points that they have earned during regulation. Here are the categories, guys. Spielberg, 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 and Spielbjork. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the way I'm going to do these final five categories, they aren't necessarily going to be Spielberg film titles, but Steven Spielberg produced a lot of things. He worked on a lot of things. I'm going to give you the type of question that it is. So the First category is going to be science. Okay. Science. It deals with Spielberg, but ultimately it's a science question. So you have to know science to answer the question. Pretty much. Ugh, that's a problem. But, uh, lucky for Matt, the second one uh, is sports. Yeah. Number three is going to be a history question. Uh, and a little bit of geography if you want to put geo on there just in case to help you out. The fourth category is going to be a movie actor question so it's a very movie centric mm-hmm. entertainment question <laughs> so basically a neil question yeah. i had to put one in there for myself and the last one is going to be non-north american geography Ooh. all right the wagers are in and it is time for the final round question one our science question interstellar was originally developed by spielberg as a project he would direct with a script by jonathan nolan even though he did not stay on as director, Nolan brought on his brother to rework the script with the same consultant that helped Spielberg from the beginning. Who is this American theoretical physicist known for his contributions in gravitational physics and astrophysics that Spielberg saw lecture at Caltech? I wish I bet more on that one. You know what? Yeah. Well, now that now you're questioning if I know it makes me think I don't. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, All right, next question. It's going to be in our our sports Spielberg final question. They probably didn't say Goonies never die, but Hall of Fame basketball players Bill Walton, Terry Porter, Scottie Pippen, and Clyde Drexler share a similarity with the Goonies, 
at different times, they all played in this state where the Spielberg-produced film takes place. Next question, the history question and a little bit of geography. You can find a young Christian Bale in Spielberg's Empire of the Sun based on J.G. Ballard's semi-autobiographical novel of the same name. The film shed light on the internment ca camps where more than 1,800 foreigners were held by Japanese forces during World War II in this city, the largest in China. To be clear, I'm looking for the largest city in China. Well, glad I bet big on that one. All right, our movie slash entertainment question. Twilight Zone the movie was an anthology movie produced by Steven Spielberg and John Landis as a theatrical version of the 1959-64 original series The Twilight Zone. Nightmare at 20,000 Feet was a segment in this film directed by George Miller based on the original episode starring William Shatner. This actor took his place in the remake, known for his turn as the Trinity Killer on Dexter, oh, an alien man. father to Joseph Gordon-Levitt on a sitcom, and Winston Churchill on, on Netflix. I wish I bet on this one. I'm really mad. Mm -hmm. I needed that one. Needed that question. And the last one, the geography, non-North American. Because the actual beaches in Normandy where Allied forces invaded France had strict filming restrictions, the opening D-Day scene needed to be shot elsewhere. Spielberg wanted an almost exact replica of the Omaha Beach landscape for the movie Saving Private Ryan, including similar sand and a bluff similar to the one where German forces were stationed. A near match was found in this country where you will find the provinces Connacht, Leinster, Ulster, and Munster, where the city of Cork is located. Once more, that is Connacht, Leinster, Ulster, and Munster, where the city of Cork is located. And I apologize if I pronounce those wrong to the people in that country, if you're listening. I'm, I'm all in. Uh, I think I might have bet, put my chips on the wrong, uh, yeah, the wrong I, color. I certainly, I certainly put, should have put money on a uh, movie actor. Ken's all in. Looks like all the answers are in. I have a physicist, but I think it's wrong. Let me, let me think on it for another moment. I have... I, Strangely enough, I know one who taught at Caltech, but he's he's deceased, so there's no there's no way that's still a thing. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Was, or call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Everyone good? Yep, sure. Sure, why not? All right. So uh, let's go to the first question, the science question. I was looking for that American theoretical physicist that we talked about. Uh, let's start with Ken. So I've read articles about the uh, science consultation on interstellar, so I know I'm not correct, but I put Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. I uh, also put that. All right. And Jeff? I put Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, he works in, uh, he's with NYU and he works at the Hayden Planetarium. I'm almost positive it's not him. Um, my other thought, I couldn't remember if Michio Kaku was American. Um, it's not him either. No, I, th I thought maybe earlier it could have been Richard Feynman, but he's been deceased for a number of years. Mm -hmm. So so I don't know if you guys know this name, but the consultant who was on with Spielberg and Nolan uh, was Kip Thorne. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Ken wagered 20 on that, Matt wagered zero, and Jeff wagered 30. Uh-oh. 
Okay, next Matt, question. Matt's uh, making a move here. I have <laughs> a feeling. Question two is our sports question. Uh, I was looking for uh, what state did Bill Walton, Terry Porter, Scotty Pippen, and Clyde Drexler uh, play in that the Goonies lived in? And it uh, looks like Ken wagered 10, Matt wagered 30. Why would I wager on this question? I don't know. And Why Jeff you... wagered zero. So let's start with Jeff. He has nothing to lose. What would you put, Jeff? Don't have an answer. I didn't even listen to the question. I had hmm. nothing at stake. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, respecting my question. Ken? <laughs> uh, I, I guessed Utah. Uh, Utah, okay, and Matt. They were all trailblazers from Portland, Oregon. Oregon I was is correct. Say Oregon too. Yeah. So I like Oregon. that you you threw in Pippin to kind of throw things off. I did. You're right. I threw in. Yeah, that's very good. Um, I think Matt just took the lead. All right. Next question is our history slash geography question. Basically, was looking for the largest city in China. Uh, Ken wagered twenty. Matt wagered ten. Jeff wagered thirty. So let's start with uh, Matt with the lowest amount. I put uh, Beijing. Okay. Uh, let's go to Ken. I went Shanghai. Shanghai and Jeff. I also put Beijing, but I can't remember. Answer is Shanghai. Yeah. Okay. Doing uh, well. Sweet. Next question. I'm back, baby. <laughs> uh, so Twilight Zone, the movie, was an anthology movie based on the series. The original uh, segment was with William Shatner playing the distressed air passenger. Uh, this actor, who was... The Trinity Killer on Dexter, Alien Father to Joseph Gordon-Levitt on a sitcom, and Winston Churchill on Netflix is Jeff. I should have bet more John Lithgow. Okay, Matt? This is the one that irritated me because I got Dick Solomon stuck in my head and I could <laughs> not think of his name. I was literally watching season four of Dexter this morning and John Lithgow did not come to me, so I put nothing. <laughs> okay, luckily Matt wagered nothing. So uh, that is John Lithgow. And uh, as I was growing up as a child, uh, my parents had this videotape of John Lithgow singing and playing guitar for children. If anybody's seen this, it's <laughs> it's phenomenal. And uh, when I saw his turn as the Trinity Killer on Dexter, I was greatly disturbed. <laughs> yeah, he's really good on that season of Dexter. Uh, the answer is John Lithgow. All right, our final question, uh, the geography question. Uh, looks like Ken wagered zero, Matt wagered zero, and Jeff went big with 30. So let's start with Matt. What did you say? Oh, I I didn't know any of this. You, there was a lot of words and places, and I said no thanks. Okay. Uh, and uh, Ken? So geography is not my forte, so I wagered zero. However, I believe uh, you mentioned Cork, which I think is in Ireland. Okay. And Jeff? Ireland. Ireland is correct. So I don't know if I pronounced those right, but those provinces are Connacht, uh, Leinster, Ulster, and Munster. All right. So that was a great game. I hope you guys enjoyed the theme. Coming up in third place with 135 points is Jeff. In second place with 195 points is Matt. And today's cream of the crop, Ken. The cream rise to the top. Oh, yeah. With a whopping 235 points. Well done, Ken. Hey. Hooray. Yay. Thanks, guys. Uh, everyone <laughs> liked the uh, the theme. I know it was all Spielberg the whole time, but hopefully there were some clues in there to help you with some of the answers. Yeah, man. That was a yeah. very fun game. Good. I'm glad everyone uh, enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it at home. And uh, please send in your scores to, to see how you did. And hopefully there's some other Spielberg fans that we don't know about that can share my affinity for the man thank you to ken matt and jeff for a great game if you'd like to play along with our contestants make sure to check out our facebook page and download our official triviality score sheet that we use here in the studio if you'd like to get in touch with any of us find us on twitter using the handle at triviality pod or on facebook at facebook.com slash triviality pod and if you'd like to get in touch with us by email send all messages to triviality at gmail.com if it's a question five submission, make sure to put that in the subject line with the name of a host that you would like to read it. We want to keep those secret. Jeff, anything about the uh, Patreon? Why don't you tell people about that? Certainly. So if you want to directly support us, uh, we'd be greatly appreciative if you uh, think that we're deserving of that. You can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. We have a number of different tiers where we um, offer some perks, uh, extras. You can even be on the show, um, which we'd love to have. And uh, we'll give priority to all of your listener-submitted questions. And we've got, like I said, some additional uh, videos and bonus episodes. A lot of great stuff happening there. Currently, we're trying to raise some money to buy new equipment, upgrade our equipment, and soundproof the room that we're in a little bit better so that we can sound better for you and have a little bit more of a polished product. And we, uh, again, we appreciate your support. Even if uh, you don't support us financially, you can always support us. Uh, rate, review, 
uh, on iTunes, whatever your favorite preferred podcast player app is. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, and just like he said, uh, the best way you can help us is rating, reviewing, and subscribing on your favorite podcast app, specifically iTunes, because the more reviews and subscriptions we get on there, uh, the better searchability our podcast has. Uh, until next time, on behalf of Ken, Matt, and Jeff, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. How did we do in there? Uh, not too good. Apparently you're not an American citizen. That's true. And according to your boss, you're not a Soviet citizen either. Well, the boss isn't always right, but he's always the boss. Do you never worry? Would it help?